Hello and welcome to Faith, Family, and Sports, the show focusing on Christian athletes, coaches, and officials. I'm your host, Brad Loveless, and I want to thank you for listening in today, and I pray that God uses this episode in some way to glorify Himself. I'm so excited to see what God has for us today. Today I'm joined by a great man of God. When I had a vision for this podcast, the Spirit of God gave me a list of people to invite and to speak, and this man was one of the top on that list. And I'm so glad that he was able and willing to come and be a part of today's episode and and just share how God has used him in the world of sports. He spent time with the St. Louis Rams professional football team. He's a school teacher, a youth coach. He's a power lifter. And I've seen this man bench press over 500 pounds. But most of all, he's a firm believer in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Shane Gray. Welcome to Faith, Family, and Sports. Thank you, Brad. I'm excited to be here, and I'm excited about what you're going to be doing with this podcast. And I just pray with you that that this podcast, with all the the guests that you have over the coming months and and years, uh, will reach all the people that the Lord uh, would see fit to reach and impact as many as possible. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Shane, fill our listeners in a little more on just who you are. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, a guy that I, I love the Lord. You know, I probably like you, you, you could say that there's been times in your life and your walk that you've <clears throat> walked more faithfully to the Lord than other times. Yeah. You know, that when we've uh, had seasons where we're growing and seasons where uh, maybe we haven't grown as we should. Uh, but I'm just a person who's trying to grow closer to the Lord and serve him more each and every day, um, digging into the word. Um And I just want to be a willing vessel uh, that he can use, just a human being that the Lord can use for his glory in some way. And uh, I'm just thankful again to be here and um, Shane, it's very blessed. It's great to have you, and I'm excited for our listeners to get to know you just a little bit better, maybe to know you as good as I know you. Um, So just help me out. How long have you been teaching school? Uh, this will be my eighth year in the public school system. Eighth and... year in public school. So, what led you into public school? Why not? Why not a Christian or or a private sector school? Uh, you know, I think those type of schools are great, and they have their purpose and function, and 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 so forth. And a lot there are people led to teach in those schools, um, but we also need to have Christians in the public school system as well. Let's face it; those schools are going to be there. Uh, we want the Christian schools, home schools, and so forth to flourish as well Uh, but we want to reach our kids in the public schools too um, and uh, try to be a good example for them Uh, try to be consistent try to show good character pray that the lord will help us each day um, and hopefully make an impact and be able to to say little things here and there that that can make them think about church and the lord and so forth well it's just it's just it's just a fact of our culture today that most I'm going to say most, but at least half, probably half of our students in our public school system have very, very few contact with adult males. Um, and, that, and that's just a true Amen. fact. I mean, that's just a problem that's plaguing our society is that the, the male role model has stepped out of the family picture. And especially a godly male role model. 
they're just almost non-existent anymore. You know, even you, you go to our churches as a whole and, and you go to church and, and look at the crowd about any church. It's going to be predominantly women. Right. And you know, so we're, we see that in school, our school systems as well as it's predominantly ran by women. So tell me what it's like teaching in the public school system as a Christian white male. You know, it's... Uh... We're, we're very blessed, as you know, in the region that we are, that most of our schools um, here in rural Missouri are open uh, to Christian influence, open uh, to the gospel, open to uh, not being a, a, a silent, invisible Christian. You know, we can wear our Christianity on our sleeve a little bit. Um, so, you know, I'm thankful that we can do that here. Um, and... You know, as a Christian male, as you stated, there's not a there's there's a lack of males in many of our schools, you know, throughout the nation, and we need Christian males. You know, the Bible talks about males having certain leadership roles, and we're thankful. I know you would agree. We're thankful for all the Christian women we have in our schools too. Yes. But as you said, there's a lack of males in the homes, and a lot of homes in our school system and other school system. We need a Christian male influence. Now, do you see that? Is that true where you teach at? Is it, it, am I, I mean, I'm speaking as what I know as a whole, but in your school system that you teach at, is that true? For is that a true statement to make that there's a, a lack of male presence in, in, in the children's life in general? Uh, yeah, we have, we have students uh, that definitely fit that bill, unfortunately, where there may not be a male, you know, father in the home all the time. The father may not be there. Uh, so we need to try to fill that void, not being the father, of course, but being a Christian male influence, um, for sure, in our schools as best that we can be. So what subjects do you teach in school? Uh, actually, I teach physical education, health, and weightlifting. Awesome. So so you have an opportunity, and, and we hear it across, the, you know, we hear it all over on social media and places where, you know, health class has kind of been redefined right. as a sexual identity class. And that's not true in your class, right? No, absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. So, in what ways are you able to represent Christ in the school? You know, I think, first of all, and one thing that our some of our teachers do, we'll pray before we even start school on Monday mornings. And that's a blessing. So, you and a group and, of other teachers get together yes. and, and, and pray to God before school? Yes, we ask Him to help us. Uh, we ask Him to lead us, to guide us, and... And we're not perfect. We we don't make every decision perfectly. We don't do everything perfectly, but we ask the Lord to help us, and we pray that we continue to get better. And I, I know all of us in that prayer group, we pray over each day before we get to school as well that the Lord would cover us with His blood and you know protect our children, and the Spirit of God would be with us. Um, so, so yeah, we we try to pray together when we try to. As the Lord helps us, we try to do the best we can to let Christ's light shine through us. Amen. So you're able to, in some way, in small fashions, put little seeds of faith into some of these children. For Yeah, for example, you know, occasionally I've just asked a student, you know, have you... Did you go to church this weekend? You yeah. know, ask them about their weekend. What did you do? So in a and subtle way, you're able to, yeah, to bring ways. up the conversation yeah, of Christ. Ways, no pressure. Um, you know, I've, I've told kids, you know, I've been blessed. This happened in my life. I've been blessed. 
you know, yeah. and so forth. Just little things. Uh, but those little things can, like you said, plant a seed and something that the Lord can. Well, I stand can firmly. With. I stand firmly on the Word of God, and what the Word of God says is that the Word of God never returns void. And Amen. and I stand I stand firmly on that. I believe that any little seed, just the mention of Jesus's name, has power. Absolutely agree. How long have you been a Christian, Shane? You know, I, I gave my life to the Lord as a as a young person in school back in elementary school um, and I'm sure you could agree there's times when I've been closer to the Lord than others but my faith has never wavered uh, even in times when I wasn't devoted to him he was always faithful to me and uh, he's he's works with us as we grow and um, thankfully I've came a long way I got a long ways to go but he has brought me a long way from when I first uh, began in the faith. That's right. You know, I always liken it, and I've preached this, and I've said it numerous times in my testimony. Is my life is a? I feel like sometimes I'm like a, like a, a lifeboat or or a canoe that's tied to the dock, and the dock is God. It's unmovable. It's unshakable. It's refuge in the storm. And then, uh, I, you know, I, I'm that boat, and the Holy Spirit's that rope that keeps me connected. And sometimes, you know, as you're as you're out there, you're on that boat, and and you take your eyes off of God and you quit paying attention to what the Holy Spirit's leading you to. You let go of that rope, that connection to God. You start drifting away. Not that you're still not tethered to God, but you're farther away than what you should be. And sometimes you have to just reach back out and get a hold of that rope and pull yourself back in. And, and I like Absolutely. to, I use that illustration quite a bit to uh, just, that's, and I think that's common for most of us in our walk with God is that we kind of have this back and forth where sometimes we're, really close to God and sometimes we've drifted a little bit out kind of left from center absolutely at any time if we're further away from the Lord as I know you would agree it's because we moved further away from him God is always there He's the always dock, there the dock never moved it's in the same spot but the boat got farther absolutely. away so you lead a couple different Bible studies tell us about that yeah, through my church, I, I lead a Bible study on Wednesday nights, a small group class. And uh, then I help with a men's ministry that my cousin spearheaded, a men's Bible study group where we're, we're seeking the Lord, working together, praying with each other, uh, kind of a guided course that's just helping us to become, uh, designed to help us to become better men of God um, throughout every area of our life. Well, that's great. I mean, I, I feel like that if we're going to keep that close connection, if we're going to stay close to that dock of God, you you you've got to do the work, you know, because we're all caught that that constant uh, tide is trying to pull us out. You know, the tide's always going away, yes, it is. and so we have to do that work to stay connected. And and by leading these groups, you're you're keeping yourself closer, but you're also helping pull somebody else's rope and and pull them a little closer. Absolutely. How did you know you were called to be an influencer for God? I think, you know, you were talking about the Word earlier. And the, the Word, if, if you dig into the Word, it, we're all called to do something for the Lord. We're all called to be an influencer for God. We're not all going to be called to be pastors, evangelists, and so forth. But we're all called, we all have a ministry. It might be a ministry of just helping people. Uh, you know, a ministry in the school system here. Um, but we all have a calling. We're all called to, to be an influencer for Christ, uh, and, and that's going to look different for everybody. Yeah. Depending on our walk, depending on our careers, 
and so forth are the people that's in our circle. But we are all called, according to the word, to be influencers. So, and I'm one of those people. So I think God can use anybody, anywhere. Anybody. Anywhere you're at, God has a purpose for you. So it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, I, ha- I have communication with a man that's in prison right now. And he's got a fairly long sentence that he has to serve. But God is using him in prison. And, uh, you know, God, God used Paul while he was in prison. You know, um, God used me when I was just a nobody. You know, God put me in places where I was able to speak to somebody and give them a word of God that I didn't know I even done until 10 years later when they come back and say, hey, you know what you said really made me think and made me study and changed my life. God's looking for willing vessels. That's it. He, he wants a willing vessel. And he, we see from the Bible, it doesn't matter what our background is. It doesn't matter where we started. Like you talked about prisoners, people that have done things that were, were bad, you know. Uh, we, we, talk, we look at the Apostle Paul, for example. He wrote more than New Testament. God used him to, to pen more of the New Testament than anyone. And his background was horrific. Well, he he was persecutor. a persecutor of the church. You know, Paul persecutor. Paul killed Christians for believing in Jesus. And yet, and yet, God stepped in. He gave his life to the Lord, and he used him to to. He's influencing billions around the world to this day through yeah. what he did in sharing the gospel and and writing down what the Lord showed him to write down. So any of us can be used if we're willing, and we'll repent and turn to him. So Shane, let's talk about what what sports do you coach? Uh, you know, we, of course, PE. That's going to be a variety of things. I've helped with with youth sports, basketball, uh, t-ball, baseball. Um, I'm kind of excited. I mean, this year you're, you're taking over my old position as <laughs> as a head basketball coach, basketball, right? Basketball, well, cross country as well. Yeah, cross country. Uh, great so, season going there. I mean, I, I'm setting, stepping down from the, the basketball position, the basketball coach position, and you're stepping into it. And, uh, I mean, I expect great things from you. I mean, I expect you to take my legacy on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're just going to do the best we can. Yeah. Get I mean, I, as ready as we can. And... I, you know, I, I did it for several years, and, and I really felt like sometimes those kids were coaching me. Mm-hmm. You know, I really felt like those kids sometimes, you know, were leading me and you know I, I think back on on one player in particular while I coached here at this school and um, you know she was a, a bubbly personality and was just an all-around you talk about social media influence well mm-hmm. this was a, this girl was an influencer of, of her circle mm-hmm. you know she was the highlight of the room and uh, I, she you know she was killed in a car wreck when she went to high school but uh, you know, we, I think about her often and then the things that she did and how she played the game and her interaction with other teams and, and her interaction with other coaches even for, from the other teams and how she just influenced and changed my life. And, uh, you know, and I expect that you've had those similar instances where you've had an athlete that affected you probably more than you did them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we were talking earlier about the school system and, and another thing, you know, kids having say they had a rough day over the weekend. Another way we can influence theirs. I've told kids, I'll pray for you. Yeah. Just, just that door's open and step in. So, yeah, that's it. I mean, and that's, you know, and we're not doing by being a Christian influencer in the public school system, you're not doing anything illegal. You know, no. the, the, the mainstream media and 
the far leftists would like to say, point fingers and say, you can't talk nothing about Jesus in the school system. Well, that's not true. That's not true at all. Is um, you know you can't force somebody to, you can't exclude somebody from, and so therefore that doesn't say that you can't do it, and it just takes willing people to do it. Absolutely, I agree. So what's a memorable moment, coaching Shane? Do you, uh, you got a, a a one time where you, where you as a coach in maybe youth sports or even as adult where you. Uh, yeah. can just when you think about that sport that's what you think about you know to be honest the things that jump out at me the most is stuff that's involved uh, family yeah uh, for example my nephews uh, before one of my nephews senior year and junior year I helped coach that team in the summer and they excelled in the summer they went on to be state ranked number one in the state most of that upcoming year but uh, that was a real blessing to get to pour back into the lives of my family. And then all the way at the other end of the spectrum, been working with my little nephews now in T-ball this past summer. So you're and starting, in basketball. Again, starting so, over again. Yeah. So, you know, all the way up. And, and I still help my nephews. They're, they're playing college sports now, my older nephews. And yep. then I've got some that are down in T-ball. And then, you know, youth basketball. So I'm working with them as well. So yep. I, the family stuff, there's such a bond there already. Uh, those jump out at me ahead of you sure, know, all yeah. the other kids. It's great to have those moments. But when you're so close with family, there, there's and you get another see, level of it. You get to see your family succeed through through the, through the sports system. That's great. And you have a, a niece too, don't you? Don't you have a niece playing college athletics? Uh-huh. No, no. No, I thought, I thought you well, had. I've got, a, I've got cousin, a cousin, cousin okay. that's playing at high-level NCAA Division II basketball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've been nationally ranked the last couple years, and, yeah, she's a, a Christian as well. And uh, it's just great to see her flourish and succeed. Yeah, yeah, it's great to – I mean, your your family is kind of a, a dominating force <laughs> in uh, college athletics right now. Well, I mean, we've I, been blessed with some, some good athleticism. You know, the Lord's been good to them, and – they put in some work and they're finding some success, so we're thankful yeah. for that. So you got two two nephews that are playing college baseball, is that right? Yeah, yeah, and, and then uh, a cousin that's in basketball. Yes, and playing D one, right? Uh, she's at a NCAA Division two school. Division two, okay. Uh, but they they've had some high offers. Uh, yeah, they're at JUCO and another level. Um, but yeah, they've they could. They they've got D one aspirations and a you know they could they could definitely make it to that yeah awesome. that level. So. In what ways were you able to represent Christ as a coach? And, and you know, we were talking about your family and, you know, and coaching your nephews and stuff. In what ways were you able to, uh, to show them Christ? I think, you know, sometimes it's easy and you've been there. You're coaching, you're focused on the X's and O's and all of this stuff. And sometimes maybe we get a little bit away from uh, the gospel a little. Not that we're getting away from it, but... It's it, it sounds like being in yeah. the pulpit. You're, you're worried about winning the game or performing yeah. on the field, and uh, not really thinking about representing Christ. Yeah, but that but that said, we you know you you always hope and pray that your characters you, you're they're seeing something good in your character, and they can look at you and knowing that you're a Christian because these people they they know, you know we they we've either told them. Or someone that they know has told them, right. that, you know, like you've 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 preached, and and he's always been in church. So we want to set that example, and um, you know, if we get a chance to pray with them, that's a way to represent Christ, and, and just be hopefully be a rock to well, them. I just thought of something as we're talking here, and I remembered a verse that says, uh, 
out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Yeah. And and that's true. I mean, if you are truly a Christian and, and you believe in the way of the Lord, the things you say on the field should reflect that. The things you say, no matter where you are, will reflect that. Because what's truly in your heart is going to come out your mouth. And, and that's um, at times uh, in our lives we've seen where that's shown that we've had our heart where it needs to be. And then I've had times in my life where it showed that my heart maybe needed a little work. Exactly, I needed to yeah. go to the Lord it's, and pray, Lord, help me with this because I'm getting a little too frustrated with this or or whatever. You know, the, the words that came out of my mouth weren't necessarily cross like I don't need, mean profanity or anything like that, but wasn't but sometimes uh, wasn't like you said when the profitable that wasn't profitable for building somebody exactly. up. Sometimes your the words out of your mouth and, and I know for a fact, I mean I've been my wife is a good uh, a good uh, reminder to me anyways, you know, she'll step up and she's not scared to tell me when like, hey, you need to probably check yourself because yeah. some of the things yeah. you're saying aren't being a good representation of who you are and what you believe and then I, when she says that i know she's right you know and i have to go and repent and uh why am i doing you know why did i say that and I have to dig that root cause up and get rid of that seed you know and that's i think that's i know that's true of me yeah and that's the thing you know we're we're always striving to continue to improve and well if we do fall short you know the bible says if we confess our sins he is just and faithful to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and not necessarily anything was sinful there but that's just something that's very helpful for us in life because as we do walk our christian life there's going to be times where we do fail the lord and we need to know that we can turn to him confess our sins repent yeah go forward in the lord move on and, and uh, work to get better and more impactful uh, for him Now tell us about powerlifting, Shane. You know, that's something that I've really gotten into. I always was competitive, and um, for whatever reason, bench press was really the thing that I uh, grew to love the most in the gym. Uh, it's just a sheer power move. You know, a lot of guys, you know, they want to test their strength on the bench. And Well, in gym uh, class, you know, I can remember back to, like, even in middle school, it, how tough you were. Yeah. Determine on how much bench you had. Yeah, exactly. you know, it, yeah. the guy with with a they could lift the most weight on the bench press. Nobody cared if you could squat a thousand pounds. Right. But if you could bench press a hundred, yeah. you were a tough guy. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you know, it, it's uh, just just as, I've just grown to love the powerlifting uh, world. A lot of great people and a lot of good Christian people. Uh, met a lot of wonderful, dedicated believers, and um, it's just a competitive outlet for me that I really enjoy. So. So tell me, how much work and dedication does it take to bench press 500 pounds? Well, you know, it, it's t it's taken it took years of you know building that foundational muscle, and people don't realize how much technique is involved, how many you know how much your supportive muscles are involved. You got to have a strong upper back. You got to have a strong triceps, good front delts, uh, leg drive. Again, like I said, the technique. Um, and for a drug-free athlete with no steroids, none of that. Right. I've never touched any of that stuff. Never planned to. Um, no reason to when you're benching 500 pounds, I, I right? I think um, 
You know, I think that's not a bad number, um, and I got higher goals in yeah. mind in the future. Well, I think everybody does. I mean, any driven person, no matter what it is, when you hit that goal, yeah. you form another one. Exactly. You know, it, it's stepping stones, but, and you're always trying to step to be a better you. But for a natural a natural lifter to, to bench press 500 pounds, for most people, it, it it really does take a lot of work and dedication and... and um, but you're bit, you're a big guy, Shane. I mean, uh, yeah. of course, you know the guy. The people listening to this podcast can't see you, but I'm sitting here with you. Yeah. And, and I'm a big guy. I'm six four, two hundred thirty pounds. Yeah. And you're bigger than me. But I just, you know, I've put you lift. You lift more, and you've had a little bit different goals, right? You lifted yeah. more for that uh, cut build, and you're a big, strong guy. Uh, but you haven't did as much as far as like powerlifting, like in bench pressing. Right. No, I don't powerlift. I mean, I, I I exercise. Yeah. But my exercise is more geared towards uh, being an athlete. You know, being right. like more of a what yeah. they call CrossFit. You know. Right. Yeah. You could go. You look like you could go out and and play linebacker for Alabama. Or well, maybe, I wish. Maybe I not, mean, maybe if you, not that yeah. big, but you could go out and and play wide receiver or running back. You're still lean like that, so you're. You know, different goals result in different uh, outcomes in right. terms of what we do in the gym. So what motivates you? What, what is it that gives a man not just the physical power and strength to lift that much weight, but the mental toughness to say, you know, I, I'm going to make my body do this. It's it's not an option to fail. I'm going to lift 500 pounds. You know, th- this, this really is probably the t- most uh, heartfelt moment of this interview so far. My first 500 bench came about a month before my mom passed away from stage four cancer. Yeah. And I told her, I said, I'm getting this 500, uh, you know, and we were believing that she was going to live a long time, but uh, I said, I'm getting this. Nothing's going to stop me. And I said, I know the weightlifting, the numbers don't necessarily mean a lot to you, but you know how much it means to me. And she said it meant a lot to her that I dedicated that to her. And through a lot of obstacles at that time, I had vertigo for the first time in my life, and there was a lot going on with uh, concerns with her. I laid down, and and the Holy Spirit helped me, and that 500 flew up on a day that I didn't have any business benching 500 pounds. Uh, But the Lord was with me, and um, it moved quick, and um, I'll never have a lift that means more than that, because I did it for my mom, and and I know she's in heaven now, and... uh, yeah, that that's that's by far the the most meaningful lift I've ever done or ever will do. Yeah, that's I mean that's an incredible story of you know and a story of dedication not to the sport but to also to family. You yeah. know, and it, it's it's great to know you know that your mom supported you in this, and uh, you know she was probably more excited about it than you were. Yeah, know? absolutely. And, and was she able to see the witnesses happen? I mean, she didn't. She didn't see it live, but she saw the video. Yeah, it, it touched her, and that meant that meant more to me than yeah than words can express. And, and I, I mean, we see this all the time in in the world of sports, where you know an athlete's parent passed away, and then they get drafted, or yeah. or things like. And they're you know they're they always say, "Man, I wish Dad could see me, or I wish Mom would have seen me now." But yeah. your mom got to see you. Yeah. That's awesome. It, it was incredible. And, and like I said, the Lord really, everything was working against me that day. And I probably had 520 that day. The weight moved so easy. Yeah. But it was all for my mom. And and I was very blessed to, to pull that off. And you asked about the mental toughness. Um, it, it just takes, you got to have desire, but you got to have some toughness to get it in that grind. And because you got to put in, as you know, a lot of sweat, a lot of, 
hard work, you, you got some pain, you got some obstacles to overcome to reach these goals in the gym. And, well, uh, you know, I've been working with 315 and I, you know, I had a pretty bad injury a few years ago where I tore my pectoral major mm-hmm. and I had to have surgery and it took me out of the gym for a year. Then I had, you know, I had rehab that whole year and, and just kind of been back and then COVID hit right after that. And so, you know, I've been back trying to battle back to where I was before this injury. And that was at 315 mark. You know, that's three plates. Mm-hmm. You're, you're messing with what? Five, six? Five plus plates. Yeah. Um, but, and let's keep perspective for the listeners. 315 is a great bench press. There's very few men out there in the world that's bench pressing 315. Well, especially at, at my like, age. And your age. Pounds, yeah. Right? Two, I'm 230. Six, I'm 6'4", so, 230. So, yeah. Um, but there's not a lot of natural lifters that are benching 315. So, to do that after an injury... Yeah. Uh, well, and then, you know, that's, yeah, I'm not, that's I'm good. not there yet. I'm right there at it. I'm knocking yeah. on 300 as a one, one rep max, but just for that number, I can, I mean, I can attest to the amount of dedication and my wife and family can too. And mm-hmm. the amount of hours I spend in the gym, uh, the amount of hours I spend counting calories and, and, uh, you know, and just trying to do everything for that goal, you know, goal driven, you know, you're doing what it takes, what you know you can do to get there. And I could say, I mean, 500 is out of my picture. There's no way that I'm, you know, I don't have that kind of dedication. But to hit that mark, and and I assume you maintain that pretty close. I mean, you stay yeah, right there I'm, at it. I'm really close, and you'll see that with natural athletes a lot. Their their numbers won't fluctuate a lot. Yeah, they'll go up in a meat prep, uh, but any day of the year, they're going to be about 90% of their max or a little bit more. Yeah, on a one rep max, whereas unnatural lifters that are using enhancement and so forth, they're going to fluctuate and they might, if they're benching 500, they might have a day where they get four or five stuck on their chest. So there's a difference there. There's more consistency. Sure. Uh, when you do it than that. Well, in and you know, way. you and I in, in this podcast is, you know, my goal for this podcast anyway, is to somehow influence those Christian athletes, whether yeah. you be an adult or, or college age or high school age student. But I know just from my time in the gym, and I've worked a lot with high school age athletes, and if they all want to be bigger, faster, stronger. You know, they want to make the team. They want to be the next state champion. And that that looms over their head of that using steroids, you know, the yeah. steroids use. And, and, and I've had many of them ask me, you know, well, what about steroids? What do you think if I use steroids? And I'm like, always don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it because once you've done it, there's no going back. There's no going back. And, uh, You're never a natural athlete again. You know, and the, the, the there's so much risk there, people's long-term health. You know, you're you're putting your life on the line. So uh, I would encourage any student athlete that's listening to uh, avoid those type of things at all costs because, uh, it, you know, you, you may not pay in the short term, but in the long term, at some point you're going to pay if you're, if you're using uh, – anabolic steroids and those type of things you bet you know you don't want to and and my point is is that you know going into a lot of colleges and stuff and and professions anymore you have to take a polygraph test you know i one time i applied for the uh, dea Mm -hmm. and i I was going through the interview process and i had to take a part of that was taking a polygraph test and that's one of the questions they asked me in that polygraph test is have you ever Mm -hmm. taken any illegal substances and they know right they then. They know. They know. And yeah. So, and that could be true. And I would say that, as far as professional sports, I, you know, I've never made it to that level, and I don't know that I know anybody that has played 
I know a few minor league baseball players, mm-hmm. but anybody that's made it into that major league, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that that's probably gonna start becoming normal. That major league major leaguers and, and maybe even in college level, they're gonna start using that polygraph. Yeah, that, that's a definitely a possibility. And one point I want to touch on real quick, you know, we were talking about earlier about influence of people in the school as Christian men. Um, but I've also, you know, been able to influence people at our local gym. Yeah. Me and my training partner, uh, one thing we, we typically do is we will put Christian music uh, over the sound system in our, our local gym. And they see us as two of the bigger, stronger guys in there. And then they see us always playing the Christian music. And we just hope uh, that that's sowing seeds as well. And, you know, it, and if they ask us about the Lord, and sometimes we've invited kids to church or we've told them we're praying for them when they're having a tough day. So we, we do try to reach the kids uh, not, and help them with their lifting, of course, but also reach them and be an example to them in the gym as well, not just in the classroom. So not just through words, but also in action. In action as yeah. well, yes. So, you know, uh, you, you said that. Who's, who's going to walk in, especially a, a high school athlete, who's going to walk in the gym and tell somebody bench pressing 500 pounds, hey, we're changing the music? <laughs> That's a good point. We, yeah. don't, we don't get the music changed on us too yeah, much. I bet not. I bet not, especially yeah. when there's two of you. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And he's bigger than I am. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So your training partner is even bigger than he's you. He's bigger than me. Wow. He's about 290. Wow, that's he's that's hard for me to guy. see. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, St. Louis Rams. What can you tell me about your time with Eric? Uh, you know, that was a really interesting time in my life. I, I grew up as a fan of the St. Louis Rams. When they moved to St. Louis, I instantly was a diehard fan. St. Louis Rams fan, but, uh, you know, I was always a good writer and um, blessed with, with writing ability. Um, and so long story short, I ended up covering the Rams. I started out as an unpaid um, feature columnist, Bleacher Report, and I was getting the top reads in the nation with them. I moved up to 101 ESPN101sports.com and um, did a lot of features there. It's one of the top ESPN radio networks as far as local affiliates in the country. Uh, did some radio interviews there as well. A lot of features on the stadium situation, roster coverage, game previews, all of that. Uh, eventually, I moved to InsideSTL.com, CBS Sports 920. And these were paid positions that, um, you know, we were reaching people. I was interviewing the players. Sam Bradford, if you remember him, yeah, number one yeah. overall pick. Got to know the players, interviewed the head coach at the time. Um, you know, it was just an ex- a really interesting experience to see professional athletes day in, day out, um, and reach the, the fan base all over the country, all over the world. People were, were reading my columns and so forth. Um, you know, but, but that ended when they moved to Los Angeles in 2016. So uh, I really planned on doing that the rest of my life, and that was – was building and building and building. And had they stayed, uh, we were ready to take another step forward. But unfortunately, they moved. And um, that was so, – I'd have got out of it at that point. They they turned the whole state of Missouri against them really fast. <laughs> they really they? did. Yeah. yeah, It was terrible. Nobody wanted to see the Rams leave, especially in the fashion they did. The way they did. Yeah, the way they, le- the way they left St. Louis was, you know, in my opinion, was terrible. Um you know, I'm I'm a nobody, so they they don't yeah. care what my opinion is. But uh, you know, I feel like there should be some honor in business. You know, you should have some some honor, you know, honor to your pledge and commitment yeah. and what the city of St. Louis had done 
for that team, for them yeah. to just jump and run. Um, you know, I would like to see another football team come back to St. Louis one day, but, uh, you know, that'd that be great. Would be, that would be nice at some point. Yeah. And it's a possibility if the league expands at some point. Yeah. Uh, but that's probably not something that we're looking at in the next one, two, three years. It's probably a minimum of five to ten years out right. on that possibility. Yeah, and now if if a team did come to St. Louis, would you – would that be something you'd be interested in going back and, and, and trying to pursue that career? I, I probably would, you yeah. know, because I've always been a big St. Louis NFL fan. So if a, a franchise did move back and with the experience that I had, you know, that would definitely be uh, something that I would prayerfully consider. Sure. Yeah. Prayerfully consider. So you had a podcast. Tell you, you know, you had a podcast that covered the Rams. Right. Tell us a little bit about that. What was some of the guests and things you, things you talked about in the, how how did you uh, implement Christ in the, any of that? You know that that was a fun podcast that we did STL Ram Central at the time, and um, due to the players' schedule through the season, as you can imagine, they're super busy. Uh, most of the interviews for that was former players, uh, some big name guys, but um, we would just talk about their career. We talk about we would analyze some of the stuff going on with the current team and. Uh, it, it, you know, we had some comedy mixed in there, and um, it, it was just a lot of fun. And at, at times we would, you know, different ones, depending on who they were, they might mention their faith and so forth. Right. Didn't, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't do a lot of faith-based stuff on that sure. show in that time. Well, it was a football uh, podcast. I mean, It was a football talk- podcast. Uh, we, and I probably should have did a little bit more faith-based there. Uh, but we had a good time, a good wholesome time, and... Uh, just, just was fun to have former players that I'd watched play over the years on yeah. TV talk, and I got to know some of these. Did you people. ever get like that fangirl giddy when you got to meet some of these guys? Did you, you ever like, oh my gosh, you it's, know, it's so and so? That's a good question, and you would think that maybe you would, but once you're up there covering the team, you got a job to do. You're, you're just you're doing in, your job, yeah. and you don't even think about that. You're and you get to know these guys. Uh, Cortland Finnegan, I don't know if you remember him. I don't know. Former All-Pro cornerback for the Tennessee Titans. He had a horrible reputation, getting in fights and so forth. But there wasn't a nicer guy off the field, you know. And he was always good to me. Always asked me how I was doing and. We had a good rapport. Uh, Robert Quinn, he's a multiple-time pro bowler, really good Christian man. Did some interviews with him. And uh, so there, there was a lot of good Christian guys on that St. Louis Rams team through the years that I covered, the right. six years I covered them. I think and, that, you know, for a sports that goes as a whole, there's a lot of Christian athletes that are playing professional sports that are just kind of forced out of the picture. Yeah. You know, you know, we can think back to uh, – Oh, Kirk Warner as a Kirk course. Warner, yeah. You know, some of those guys, you know, they every time they'd start talking faith, yeah. the camera would get turned off. Yeah. You know, and we see that a lot of times. You know, there's a lot of good Christian guys that have the spotlight until they say something about Jesus. Right. And, and But, you know, like I said, the, those teams, those six years I covered them, James Laurinaitis, he was a really good middle linebacker out of Ohio State, really solid in his faith, would put his faith out there. Uh, so I got to know some of these guys, and there's a few of these guys I've kept in touch with. And um, all in all, that time with the Rams was just a blessing and something that I'll always remember. And 
Did you ever get to work out with any of them guys? Go hit the hit the weight? I actually didn't. That was something that we had talked about doing one time. It was like a two twenty five challenge. Yeah, and we never quite like, did like get the that combine together. Yeah, yeah. We were going to do the combine reps of two twenty five. Me and some of the linebackers. And you think you can do to it? Be you think honest, you can make it as a linebacker? You know, I don't you know, know. I think a linebacker has to what they expect him to so do like twenty level. reps. Oh, oh, as far as the bench press yeah. reps. To, you know, I would have had a chance to probably win that because if you look at the NFL Combine through the years, some of the years, even the offensive linemen, the top number's been 36, 37. Yeah, some of the and big I've guys. Hit, I've hit 37 before at 225 full reps. Um, so, and I these think are 15's my, my, the best. I I kind of did the, the NFL Combine workout before, yeah. and I wanted to, like, I did it to, like, I wanted to, was competing for a position, you know? And so I went in there and did it, and my best number was 15. That's after. a good number. And uh, I felt like it was a solid number, especially when I did it when I was like 35, yeah. you know, yeah. instead of 18 or 19 right. like some of these guys. But, and they trained specifically for this yeah. for months before the combine, whereas me and you, we might have trained a little bit on it for four weeks, but they were they were, they were, were geared to get their optimal numbers, whereas we probably could have gained a few more if we worked if, at it the way they did. And put the time into yeah. it that they're able to. But that I was just wondering if you had that opportunity, if you you know being a a, a gym rat like you are, and I am, you know yeah. was, that would be one thing I would want to do. Let's go hit some weight and see where we're at together. Yeah, and we almost pulled that off, but we didn't. But that's something I always wish that had happened. Yeah, I wish it had happened. Well, let's switch gears a little. Let's talk about Jesus. You got? Do you have some scriptures that you'd want to share with us today? You know, one of the the. Scriptures that came to mind, I think, is just a foundational scripture for uh, becoming a Christian uh, and receiving salvation. And there's nothing more important than than salvation in anyone's life. Without salvation, we're going to be lost for eternity. But with if, if we turn our life to Jesus, we have eternal life to look forward to uh, with Him. But Romans 10, 9, oh, yeah. 10 and 13 are, are exceptional and uh, it says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 13 says, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved if we call on him in true sincerity and in true faith. And, you know, when I was reading this, that, that scripture really jumped out at me. Um, and that that is the, I mean, the first step is the most important step. Absolutely. And, and that can be said for whatever you do in your life. You know, if you're going to be a, a bodybuilder, the first thing you got to do is go to the gym. Right. If you're going to go to heaven, the first yeah. thing you got to do is believe in Jesus. Believe in the Lord. And then we got to build on that, right? We've got to we got to dig in the Word. we got to have a prayer life. We've got to be in, get in church and be encouraged with other believers and so forth. And That's right. That's right. That's good. Well, Shane... Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I know you're busy and, and you're ready to go home. But thanks for for giving us a just a little insight on some things that most of us don't even often think about. Coach Shane Gray. That's going to wrap up our today's show with Faith, Family, and Sports. Subscribe, like, follow. Find us on Facebook and like our page there too. Watch for our next episode next week. Our goal is going to continue to be to publish an episode every Friday and we're going to do our best to continue to get good guests and and give that will give us a Christian perspective on family and sports until next time I'm Brad Loveless be blessed and live like Jesus is coming tomorrow he just might amen